2: Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. I'm Mike given alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest, Tunch Ilkin, and and Pastor. Before I ex- explain who Tunch is, he's a two-time now Faith in the Zone guest, and we don't do that very no, often. No, we sure don't. No. We we mm-hmm. don't. And and I want to just thank Tunch for coming back on. He was with us. I think it was right around at the end of year one of Faith in the Zone. And when I called him and said, hey, can we get you back on? Pastor Ken Keltner was not in the <laughs> studio when, when we interviewed you last time. He said, yeah, come on, I'd love to do that. He is a former offensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He played for the Green Bay Packers in 1993 before retiring. He is uh, now with the Steeler Network, and he's also the, uh, the the pastor of the men's ministry at the Bible Chapel uh, right out of Pittsburgh, BibleChapel.org. And, and last time he came on, Pastor, I got to tell you, I, I talked to him about their website and how good their website was, and I went back on. It's just really, really good. So um, Bible, uh, BibleChapel.org is where you would go. Tons. thanks a lot for a couple of minutes. How you been?
3: Oh, man, I've been great, guys. Thanks for having me on. You know, Mike, when you, when you said uh, that uh, you've never had a, a guy on twice, I'm thinking, man, you must be hard up for guests.
4: <laughs> down, <laughs> no, hey, no, we're not. You know, at times we, we might be looking for someone, tons, but uh, that you're willing to come up, and uh, Mike always says it this way, when you're willing to stand on the mountaintop and uh, share what, what Christ has been doing, we, we, we love to have the guys like that come and, and share with us, so no we're happy we're happy to have you and i wasn't it, it's first time for me tunge because i wasn't on last time i don't know what mike sent me off doing uh, no, but. no
2: i had you here you just couldn't pronounce his first name short <laughs>
5: so i didn't let you i didn't let you in the studio <laughs> you, you were practicing
2: tunge that's you, cruel man been i mean practicing he, he is tough on me he is <laughs> he's tough man man i just had you sit outside the studio practicing man <laughs> that's hey that's how I roll if you can't say his first name you can't come on the show so man, well, I'm, gl- I'm glad I passed so I could be on the show <laughs> well today you got here I'm anxious you to talk you to here an hour before this and, and just kept doing it in the mirror tons tons, tons, tons. that's that's awesome hey Tunch, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on you're still working uh uh the radio broadcast some TV stuff for the Steelers and and uh certainly doing great work at at Bible Chapel um Pittsburgh Steelers, kind of like our Packers, had a pretty well—not so much last year, I guess—but Steelers had a pretty good year, and and boy, they're fun to watch, man. Offensively, they're they're loaded.
3: Yeah, you know what? Uh, the, the stars, uh, um, like you, you, nailed it. I mean, when, you know, both franchises, the Packers and the Steelers, are, are very similar. Um, uh, you know, the the draft for. Players that love to play the game, they're not looking for uh, guys that love to be football players. You know, on the surface, those statements sound the same, but they're really not. Uh, a guy that loves to play the game, loves to practice, loves the film prep, loves the lift, it, loves the running. A guy that loves to be a football player uh, is more enamored with what comes from it. You know what I mean? The status, the money, et cetera, et cetera. So the org- and both organizations have a. Uh, uh, an elite quarterback, and when you have an elite quarterback, you're always in the hunt. And uh, you know, you look at the Steelers in this past year uh, with Le'Veon Bell and uh, with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, guys, you would love him. He every time he takes the field, he takes it as if as if no one has seen him play. I don't. I, he is the most competitive athlete. I've been around the game 38 years, and he is the most competitive athlete I have ever seen. He is competitive. Practice every catch he makes, he takes to the end zone. You know, you could be on your own, too, and, you know, playing, you're coming out of uh, the shadow of our goal line, man. He catches a bunch of run to the end zone. And, uh, I mean, he's even competitive in walkthrough. So, uh, you know, when you have your most talented player who's probably your hardest worker, then you really got something. So the Steelers, they fell short, though, guys. I mean, it was a disappointing year. They they lost to Jacksonville at home in the playoffs. There's no way that should have happened in my book, uh, and uh, but it did. And so I think the one thing that that does is that makes you hungry coming into uh,
2: this this year. Touch that was a catch, though. Don't you think that was a catch?
3: Well, of course. I mean, look, and I, I you know the, I don't get into the the rules of the NFL. No,
2: me I'm neither. But... but
3: yeah, you know because here's the thing. Uh, I think, and, and I, I hate instant replay, and I think instant replay has ruined the game. I really do. Because now you have officials who are afraid to make calls. And, you know, guys, when you, when you have a, a rule book with uh, chapter, article, verse, and you're trying to make a call based on that, you know, common sense this season, especially with catches. Went out the window, and uh, uh, you know, you and uh, the three of us, we can look at a catch and we could say, "Yeah, that's a catch." Why? Common sense. He made. But now in the NFL, oh my goodness, it's, did, did he make a football
5: move? Did the <laughs> ball move? Yeah. Did
3: it come out? You know, it's ridiculous. Now, I'm, I'm glad that they have revisited it and uh, uh, and the and, and the
4: Hey, Tunch, uh, we were talking before you came on about, uh, you know, I'm from, I'm from Oklahoma, and so when I was down in Oklahoma, I just naturally kind of started liking the the Cowboys, and uh, don't, don't say anything yet on that, but uh, what what happened was, you're talking about catches, the greatest catch I think I've ever seen in my life was in Super Bowl, when the Steelers were playing the Cowboys, and Lynn Swan made... Uh, a a you know um, a catch that I will never ever forget. I, I'm sure yeah. I, I'm sure they they got to show that around the the clubhouse or something. I mean they got to picture that up or something, don't they? That was absolutely <laughs> gorgeous.
3: Well, you know you know uh, Ken, he made he made two great catches in that game. The one catch I don't know if you're referring to the juggling catch or the one where he looked like he was out of bounds. And he catches the ball and it's like he willed his body to fly back into the uh, uh, into the play. You know, there was two great catches in that game, one down the sidelines, one in the middle of the field. Yeah, one, the, yeah. uh, on the numbers. Yeah, and, I'm yeah. thinking
4: I'm thinking of the one in the middle of the field because I might have shut it off after that, so I might have missed any <laughs> other catches. Yeah, yeah. But but well, that did, one on the middle did, of the field. I mean, he was going up against some great defensive, uh, I, I think it was Cliff Harris, the safety on that or something. I mean, that was, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, Harris, it that wasn't against, so It wasn't against Luke cheap things. guys. I mean, he, I just couldn't believe it. I, I think I just got him turned it off after that. So I missed his. <laughs> kind I of a sore his,
2: loser, weren't you?
4: Well, I was, I, was, I, was, I was a kid back in that day. Yeah, you weren't that young. <laughs> 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 Come on now. Faith yeah. in the zone.
2: We're not supposed to lie.
4: I'm not. I was a kid, man. <laughs> I remember watching that. I was, I was disappointed.
2: And that that was a good catch. Well, I,
3: I did want to offer my condolences to you for being a Cowboys fan. I know it's rough.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't really want to say a whole lot of it because I I have four boys. They I got one that he's a, I mean a devout Packer fan. I got another who's a Forty Nine er fan. I got one a Cowboy fan. One a Tennessee Titan fan. I I'm going to have to work with them on, on the grandson because they're living in the uh, New Jersey area now. He he might turn into a
2: Pittsburgh fan. Who knows. Wow, that's That'd be great! Steelers, my second favorite team. They always have that, and and I'm not quite sure why. I can't tell you why, but and and my wife as well, Terry too. If, really? If, yeah, Are you serious? Yeah. The tough part was when the Packers and Steelers played in the Super Bowl. I mean, we we're total Packer fans, so but if, right. if you know, I'm happy they won. But if if the Steelers, whoever they're playing, as long as it's not the Packers, we root for the Steelers. And uh, I got a chance to go fly with the the Green Bay Packer team one time to uh, flew on on the team plane and went to the Monday night Pittsburgh Steelers game. Wow. And uh, uh, Cordell Cordell Stewart had the biggest game of his life and they beat uh, beat the Packers and Mike Holmgren sat we got back to the airport he sat on the bus for like an hour by himself (laughs) and people are like come on man let's go. Ron Wolf was yelling let's go and they're like we can't because Holmgren won't get out of the bus. And it was yeah, but I love the people in Pittsburgh. I love the town. I've been there a couple of times. It's beautiful. I think the people are a lot in tons. You'll know a lot like like people here in Green Bay and, in the state of Wisconsin.
3: Right? You know, I you know I love you know my one year with Green Bay was uh, was really a blessing. I mean, I, I, you know the I was done. I was thirty six years old, and I was you know I couldn't stay healthy, but I was you know helping. With the younger guys and Kenny Rutgers and I got to be really close. Uh, we were roomies on the road, and uh, to this day we try to get together once a year. And you uh, know, you know, I, you know, I love my experience there. You know, Reggie and I, after years of playing against each other, uh, you know, several times in preseasons, several times in regular season, several Pro Reggie and I, uh, you know, went to Bible study together, and it was like you know we got to be really good buddies, and uh, and then. Uh, Johnny Holland was in the Bible study with us and it, it was just a it was just a really, really, really neat experience. I was I mean, but the funny thing was, uh, you know, I come to this to the Packers. I think I'm ten years older than Gruden. I think I'm ten years older than Andy Reid. Uh, I'm the same age as Moots. I played against Dick Geron, I played against Nolan Cromwell, I played against Ray Rhodes. I'm thinking <laughs> maybe it's time for me to get out of the game, Lord. I mean I'm <laughs> it, it, it's just uh, uh, it was, it, but it was really, really uh, a great experience. And the and the Packer fans were just wonderful, just uh, the most gracious people. I, I really enjoyed my year in Green Bay.
4: Hey, hey, Tunch, uh Reggie White. He, I mean, I know, I know, he had a great love for the Lord, but he was a fun, practical joke guy, wasn't he? he I mean, he's a joker. Oh, I, know, I, I saw, I saw this TV show that he came out with where he was pulling uh, jokes and things on professional ballplayers. Yeah. Did, you, did you ever see that thing? that I still I still talk about uh, he took some guys from the Jets and all out to uh, Colorado to snow ski, and he brought a double talker in to teach them how to ski. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. And they called the, the instructor away for a second, and they had all those guys mic They didn't even know they were mic'd, and they were saying, did anybody pick up what he just said about how to stop? <laughs> and Reggie White was all behind
5: all that.
3: Yeah, Reggie was great. You know, and, and the funny thing uh, was, uh, you know, Reggie was all, I mean, Reggie loved the Lord. Re, Re, Reggie never cussed. You know, and when I used to play against him, he, he, he'd go, hey, Judge, how's a family. You know, he was so nice. You would go, like, how do I get mad at this guy? You know, and, uh, uh, and you know, whatever I because I was an undersized guy, uh, Kent, And so every time, you know, when I play against, uh, you know, uh, someone else, I would always take this – Uh, David's mindset, Lord, deliver this uncircumcised Philistine to me. And and I go, go, Lord, just deliver this guy who probably loves you more than me.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's good, Tons. Hey, guys, we're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation. And and you see now why he's one of very few that we've had on for a second time. He's just a really good guy to talk to. He's Tunch Ilkin. He uh, played offensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers from 1980-1992. He earned two Pro Bowl appearance 1988 and 1989. Played for our Green Bay Packers for a year in 93 before retiring. He also the pastor of the men's ministry at the Bible Chapel. Go to BibleChapel.org for more information on that church in Pittsburgh. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: More now of Faith in the Zone. Discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: You covered.
2: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest is Tunch Ilkin, played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. now part of the radio and TV uh, broadcast, the analyst on on uh, on TV. Are you the the, the play-by-play guy on, on the radio?
3: I, I do the color. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah you, you do broadcasting when you have absolutely no other marketable skills. <laughs> and... Uh, and by the way, that wasn't a shot. Uh,
2: no, thanks. No, I feel great after you said that.
3: <laughs> you know what? It's, it's funny, though. I am just so thankful. Uh, I had the greatest job in the world. Uh, I got to play in the National Football League, and now I get to talk about it. And and I only know two things. I know Jesus, and I know football. And the Lord has given me an opportunity in ministry and work to, uh, to, to use those things uh, to God's glory. And you know, I'm just so very, very thankful. I just, I, I can't believe uh, how blessed I am.
4: Tung, one thing that we love doing, and you did it the last time you were on, but I, you know, I wasn't able to, to, to hear your testimony, uh, and we, we probably have listeners that, that didn't get to to listen to it either. Uh, we would love for you to share how you, how you came to know the Lord uh, and that you know you're on your way to heaven. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, the funny thing, uh, Kent, is that uh, I grew up a Muslim. Wow. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, I was born in Istanbul, Turkey. I come to this country to play American football. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, uh, growing up uh, as, uh, as a Turkish Muslim, you know, uh, we worship masculinity. And, and I, like many American men... Was looking, for, uh, was looking for masculinity in all the wrong places, in drugs, alcohol, promiscuity, etc., 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 sports. And I thought Christians were goofy, and I thought they were weak, and I wanted nothing to do with them. Um, I came to the Steelers. Uh, and it's funny how God has a sense of humor, because uh, you know, God pursues us like a jealous lover. And he started putting people in my life uh, in college to tell me about himself. I was at a uh, I always down at Daytona Beach on spring break, uh, doing what many people on spring break do. And uh, uh, campus cascade, campus Crusade was down there. They were doing some stuff on the beach, like slow and football and tug of wars and stuff. And a guy came up to me and uh, started sharing uh, about Jesus with me. And normally I push those guys away, but this cat, kind of, for whatever reason, you know, I didn't. And there was a power lifter at Indiana State who wanted to tell me about Jesus, and I, I kind of listened. But it wasn't until I came to the Steelers um, that I met uh, John Cole and Mike Webster and Donnie Shell and John Stallworth. Uh, and my roommate was Craig Wolfley for, for 10 years in, on, on the road in training camp. And I met a bunch of men who loved Jesus, loved each other, and loved me. And immediately I knew that these guys had something that I did not have. And I knew that these guys lived a life that demanded an explanation. And if you talk to them and you ask them what was the most important thing in their lives, they wouldn't say bowls, they wouldn't say Bowls, they wouldn't say money. They'd say that they each had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I remember thinking to myself, can you really have a relationship with God? And, uh, uh, and, and, and I always tell people I fell in love with the body of Christ before the person of Christ, because these guys, they were different, and you know, they had a sense of purpose, and they just seemed so fulfilled, and, and uh, they were quick to share that, and, and uh, you know, uh, on a flight home from a Monday night football game, my second year in the National Football League, uh, you know, Mike Webster asked me the question, every man, woman, and child has the answer he died today, where would you spend eternity, and how do you know? And I remember he trapped me on the back of the plane. And uh, and I was trying to get around him, and you know you don't get around them.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, Mike webster I mean, huh?
3: you know he's from what? Tomahawk.
2: Yeah, gone, he's right? a Wiscons He was a Wisconsin uh, boy.
3: Yeah, and and uh, Webby was the best, but Webby had <laughs> such a gentle side. He said, Titch, you know what happens when you die?" And I said, gee, Webby, I don't know." And I and I said, "If God grades on a curve, you know, I, I immediately thought about my um, my Muslim upbringing." You know, we believe in a scales-type uh, salvation, if you go that way, you dead. But there's a saying in Turkish, Allah which means God only knows. It's almost like Allah is a whimsical God, and you, you can decide, yay or nay, uh, depending on what you do. And so, but then uh, I remember, he said, well, God doesn't create on a curved country and he said, because God is holy, 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 that's what the Bible tells us, in His holiness, He must be just, and in His justice, uh, he looks upon his sinners because the Bible says, in our sin and falls short of the glory of God. In other words, God's standard. we have a sin problem, according to, according to Romans 3.23. Mm-hmm. So he said the penalty of that sin, or the wages of that sin, and once again, we're going right to you know, what do you earn, uh, is death, uh, not just physical death, but uh, spiritual death, eternal separation from death. But the good news is, that the gift of God is eternal life, and it is in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time someone really explained it to me. Mm-hmm. And I went, wow, I know I'm a sinner because I was a druggie and an alchie and a, a fornicator and a fighter and not a good person, a very empty person. And so I knew I was a sinner. That wasn't hard for me to get my brain around. But I thought of myself, but, like, like, you know, you explained to me that when Jesus hung on that cross 2,000 years ago, he did so to pay the price for my sin and yours. And uh, and and you know, and as a kid, when I used to watch the, the stories, you know, the greatest story ever told, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the movies about Jesus. Whenever he would stand before Pilate, I would scream at the TV, ignorant of why he came to that he came to die, but yelling, telling you didn't do anything, telling you didn't do anything, you know. And of course, Isaiah stood before uh, his accusers again. Like a, like a sheep before her sears. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I, I realized at that point that, oh, you mean he came to die? He came to pay the price for my sin. And and I remember thinking to myself, can it be that simple? Mm-hmm. And my roommate, Craig Wolfley, who grew up in a Christian home, and uh, uh, his father was dying of leukemia, and I remember asking him... Um, how are you handling this thing? You're going to be losing it. Your dad's dying. And he said, you know, in one respect, I am Christ, but in another, that I'm not, because I know when my dad closes his eyes here on earth, he will open his eyes in the presence of, of the Lord, because the Bible tells us, absent from the body, in the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, because my dad's going to heaven, not because he's a great guy, but because he loves Jesus. And because Christ already paid the price for his sin. Mm. And, uh, and he is a Christ follower. And, and he said, for the testimony of 1 John, uh, you know, for this is a testimony God has given us eternal life. And this eternal life is in His Son Jesus. He who has the Son has eternal life. He who does not have the Son of God does not. And I remember it thinking of my, and, and it was funny, uh, this started happening. Uh, all at the same time, and I picked up a a copy of LNG's The Late Great Planet Earth because I was very intrigued with end-time prophecy. So Wilt and I are, are, you know, uh, uh, a football banquet, and he's, you you know, he feels me weakening, you know, and he says, would you like to pray to receive Christ? And I remember thinking to myself, and I remember saying, no, that would be too weird. I need a little time to process this. And if I didn't get out of his car, he dropped me off at of home. He said, don't wait too long. I'd wait for you to die before you had that chance. <laughs> I was looking back at him going, wow, good point by you. And, uh, and I went in, and I was reading Lindsay's book, and at the end, he gives you an opportunity to, to, to recite the sinner's prayer, and I did it. And uh, um, I remember the next day in the locker room, I said, hey, you'll never guess what I did. And he said, "What?" Well, I said, "I asked Jesus in my life." And what really shocked me was how happy all these guys were. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, way to go! You know, welcome, Tunch man. But, you know, the Bible tells us that uh, in the heavens there is a great celebration going yeah. on right now. Mm-hmm. And all these, you know, and, you know, that was February of nineteen eighty-two, Pastor, and, yeah. and you know, I've never looked back.
2: Well, we were we were talking to Tunch Ilkin, former. Uh, t- offense attack for the Pittsburgh Steelers now in the ra- radio broadcast pastor. Tunge, that was absolutely
4: beautiful how Amen. God worked, how he brought you to himself. And I tell you, Mike and I, uh, Mike's taking his glasses off cause, uh, he gets emotional on these things. And, and I, I do too. I, I just got to tell you, I, I can't, I love hearing how people came to know Christ and, for those that are listening, I hope if you didn't catch that, go back, re, go online to faithandzone.com, listen to Tunge's testimony again. Religion isn't going to be the answer. Your good outweighing your bad is not going to be the answer. The Tunge, you said it. The wages of sin is death, and the and the beauty of it is, uh, he he didn't say whose death that was going to be. It it doesn't have to be our death. It, Jesus Jesus paid it for us. And uh, that's the beauty of it, that Jesus paid that penalty for us. And I, I can't thank you enough. I mean, and you're right, heaven broke forth in joy when you came to Christ. And I look forward to the day that I'm in heaven, and if there's people still getting saved, I want to get in on that celebration, too. Yeah. And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that those guys were excited, because I get excited every time I hear somebody comes to Christ. Yeah. And I'm and sure I'm sure you do now. And, you know, we had Tony Dungy on and he said, for for his life, it was John Stallworth, and you right. and you mentioned and the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Pittsburgh yes. Steelers, yeah. And it doesn't sound yeah. like it sounds like it's 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 kind of kept going uh, with with guys yeah. that they've been bringing on to. You, uh, you to, know
2: what? Hey, Pastor, not to cut you off. I he was in town, uh, Tony Dungy, a couple of weeks ago, and I went to hear him speak at Wisconsin Lutheran College, and the, and he still this is this has not changed. He talked. To this crowd, there's 550 people, and he gave a little speech, and then just an hour question and answer with him with the guy that with the president from Wisconsin Lutheran College asked some questions, and he specifically said, "Look, I believe the Lord put me with the Pittsburgh Steelers because yeah. that's this is this is what happened when I joined the Pittsburgh Steelers and I walked into that locker room and I saw men who were unabashed. They were they were they were not." Um, scared to say who they were and what they believed in. They weren't what you would consider Bible thumpers, but they walked differently. That's Tony Dungy talking yeah, similar right, to what Tony right. talking well, about. And,
4: and, you know, it seems like something's going on in the NFL because uh, and I'm sure you picked up on the Philadelphia Eagles uh, with oh, Nick wow. Foles and those guys as far as their testimony. And, you um, uh, I told Mike we we have a we we have an opportunity to get a hold of the fella who was doing all the training with the the horse that just won the Kentucky Derby, Justify, and uh, you know the, 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 the jockey came on talking Mike about Smith. Cra- yeah talking about, cra- and, and, and they,
2: they said congratulations. How you feeling? And he said, really good, let me thank my uh, Lord and Savior, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, usually that's yeah. when they take the
4: mic away from yeah. everybody. That's kind of how yeah. this whole thing started with, we wanted guys to be able to get, get there and talk about it. But i got to tell you one quick, real funny story about this Kentucky Derby. I guess, I didn't watch it, but I guess they've never had a horse that was three years of age or older win it. And yeah. so it's they've called it the curse. And uh, the fellow training that's a believer says... Uh, yeah, Justify had to break the curse. <laughs> justify yeah. I that loved it, great. man. Yeah, there's because no...
2: Jesus broke the curse of sin no. and death. That's awesome. Guys, we've got to get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to continue our conversation, and and his testimony is just so moving to me. You know, I love the Mike Webster time. Hey, hey come on over here. Yeah, if Webster. Back in the plane. Yeah, back in the, back of the like plane. A guy like Mike Webster <laughs> back in the day, if he said, you come here, I would run. Yes, sir. I'm coming right now. Right now. Well, but, go, go ahead, Tunge.
3: No, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I, you know, and I loved those guys, you know, Webby and Colby. And, you know, they were men's men. And I was just so drawn to them. Uh, and uh, uh, and so I was going to listen. You know, plus, you know, once put, he put the clamps on you, <laughs> he, he had hands-like vices. You, <laughs> you weren't going anywhere.
2: Nowhere. He is Don Chilkin. Again, <laughs> offensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers from 1980-92. Played with our Green Bay Packers in 1993, and we'll continue with him on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM
1: fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Sorens Ford of Brookfield. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: All this time, all this time, you covered me.
2: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Ken Keltner, Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Ken Keltner's fine. I'll just call you Kenny if that's Kenny. Oh, boy, that's going to take me back to my <laughs> mom. My, my, my boy, you got yelled at my mom.
4: Kenny, Kenny, come on Kenny. over here.
2: <laughs> Our special guest. And if you didn't hear the last segment, do yourself a favor. Go to com and listen to segment two. As can shared his testimony, Tonch, offensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers from 1980 to 1992, played for the Packers in 93. And now is uh, when I want to talk a little bit about this segment is he's the uh, the pastor of the men's ministry at the Bible church go to bible Ch- Bible chapel excuse me go to biblechapel dot org hey Tuj um when we started texting back and forth, I think you were in Israel a couple weeks ago, correct?
3: yeah yeah it was oh, it was great we went with the church and that was my second trip to Israel and ah uh, than Israel, you know, uh, being in the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked, and uh, you know, uh, walking through the Old City of Jerusalem and being on the Mount of Olives and being at the Garden of Gethsemane and Golgotha in the Garden Tomb, and uh, and and one of my favorite things is in uh, Getty where David and his mighty men uh, uh, the 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 caves that like like put thirty caves up there and I was going, Oh, you know. So when you read the word, man, you know, it when you're in Israel, the word comes alive.
4: And mm-hmm. it is just so cool. It sure it sure does. I've been there and um uh, uh, you know what's interesting about Engedi and all those caves is when you read the Psalms a lot of those Psalms that David wrote were right cave dwelling psalms that right. he was going to put his confidence in, in in the refuge and in the fortress of who God is and 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 when you read about how king Saul was chasing him around and and you can just see how God just continued to protect him i mean he was a dead guy several times and right. you know something happened and king Saul had to call off the uh, you know off the raiding party against David and and i liked what what you said earlier too that God is a God has a sense of humor i mean yeah. to and, and to see, he wanted to teach David to completely rely on him. And, you know, we're told in the scripture that David is a, a man after God's own heart. And, but how he really would lean and, and depend on him. But yeah. when you get back to Holy Land, I mean, the Sea of Galilee, when we were over there, the Sea of Galilee all of a sudden just went berserk on us. The sun is shining. Uh, and and our guide told us he said you don't see this very often. He said the winds whip up from the Dead Sea. They go over the Golan Heights and they come down and, and Mike, this sea they call it a sea, but but come on, tell me it's about like a lake. Not even, <laughs> yeah. not, even yeah. not, not even not like, not e- not even well. a big large lake that you would find here in America. I mean, yeah. or even in Wisconsin. I mean, you wouldn't see yeah. it. But uh, yeah. man, and it just. I mean the waves were seven, eight feet. They were hitting the wall to our hotel and they were going in the first floor. The water was going all the way to the first floor. Really? And he said, So when when those disciples were on the water and that was happening, and Jesus is down there sleeping in the boat and they come and get him, and he says, You know, I have authority over the over nature. I have authority over the the power of the earth, and he says, Peace be still, and boom, it's calm. Still yeah, uh, you're right. That is one beautiful place. And for some reason, they're really getting into American football over there, aren't they? Right. Yeah. Right.
3: I mean, it's amazing yeah, to me. I know some uh, uh couple of buddies of mine who uh, went and coached football and said Christ over there, you know, with, uh, with I think it was with Athletes in Action or one of the other sports ministries, I'm not quite sure. But, you know, you you talk about the you know, the way that it whips up and, you know, the uh, the Sea of Galilee is like a chute. Uh, you know, with from ninety two feet of Mount Hermon, just what, like six hundred feet below sea level and all of a yeah. sudden, you know, it starts it's it, it kicks up there, which makes which makes me you know, that's why I love Peter. Peter got out of the boat. <laughs> was, you know, and it you know, it wasn't like he stepped out of calm sea. It was like you said, eight, nine foot swells and uh you know, you know, I love John Ortberg's book, uh, If You Want to Walk on Water, you Got to Get Out of the Boat. He you know, yep. you, you, you tried to get in the mind of the disciples. What were the other guys thinking? Ah, uh, you know, oh, look, there goes Peter. Again. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's or, crazy. The guy's crazy. Yeah, or, 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 if Peter does it, I'm going next. You know, I mean, you know, and uh, uh, so, yeah, you know, the highlight. one of the highlights, I mean, we baptized 30 people in the Jordan River, Uh and it was so it was so moving. Yeah, to our past you know, Ron was uh, you know, Ron and I did the baptizing together. And then mm-hmm. the other thing was being on the Sea of Galilee uh, in the boat at uh, sunset, watching the sunset, and then and then hearing worship music because they did a great job. They played uh, uh, "Bless the Lord, All My Soul," oh, and I yeah. was weeping. Oh it, yeah. was, it was so powerful. I was I was weeping. I yeah. couldn't stop weeping. Well, well, it was well, just.
4: What was a part of the Jordan River? Did you go to the par- uh, part of the Jordan River that um, they don't necessarily? They, they'll do baptisms there, but it's more of the dirty section where John the Baptist was hanging around. Or were you more by the the city there? Uh, we
3: baptized in the place where it's like a pool. You go in. You oh yeah. Buy okay. towel and Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that, okay. That, but but we also went to the other place where you know our guide said, um, well, this is the last time I went, uh, where it was actually Jordan and. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and they said this is where we believe that uh, Joshua and the Israelites crossed the Jordan mm-hmm. uh, and this is where we believe John the Baptist John the Baptist uh, baptized Jesus. So wow. uh, we were at, you know uh, yeah. we were at both places in 2014. We just went to the one place this time.
4: Yeah and you know when I was there, I, I hate to sound like a wimp, but I thought, John the Baptist, I mean it was I, I don't know it was we were there in the spring and it was still like 110 degrees out there and the and it's the wind was whipping and and you're getting sand in your face and I'm like telling Kathy, my wife, I'm like, hey let's get back to the bus, you know <laughs> <laughs> and So let's get back to the bus and I mean I, and I got on there and I go, honey, I'm a wimp. I mean John the Baptist, he hung here and this is where he lived And Jesus kind of right. said, what do you, you think he was soft or
2: what? It's kind of the Oklahoma way. And then, oh, uh, let's my. get hold on. Oh, let's get back my. to the bus. Yeah. That's the way you Oklahoma <laughs> boys go right there. That's how you roll. Let's get back to the bus. Our special guest Tan <laughs> played offensive tackle for this Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey Tonji, we we talk a lot on the show and, and and pastor and I've had the conversation as well how important having good strong men in 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 the local church is. And you being the men's ministry pastor at the Bible Chapel, um, it's how, how important is is that role for you in in, in your church to, to to say, look, we have to have really strong Bible believing, you know, God fearing men that are going to lead this church.
3: Well, it is everything for me. I mean, it is my greatest passion to see men get excited about following hard after Jesus, guys. Uh, you know, I became the men's pastor in 2005, and, uh, you know, when, you know, I I, I wanted to create an environment where men could come without feeling that they were going to be neutered, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, one of my favorite passages of Scripture is the 133rd Psalm, and that's kind of foundationally... Uh, what our men's ministry is built on—how good and how pleasant it is when brothers live together mm-hmm. in, in unity. It's like precious oil being poured on the head, running down the beard, running down Aaron's beard, and the, the collar of his robes is like the dew of, of Hermon, running down on Mount Zion, for there the Lord commands His blessing, even life forevermore. Now, when you look at that passage of scripture, you know what I love about it. Number one, when men get excited about Jesus, you can see and feel God's pleasure. Uh, you know, when, uh, when you get, you know, six, 700 men at an event, uh, praising Jesus in song, man, you can feel God's pleasure. Mm-hmm. And then the second part of that is the anointing, uh, uh, of, uh, of Aaron and, 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 and the priesthood. And, you know, we're called to be the priests, uh, uh, of our home. We are called to be, you know, we don't like, I always say, man, you you know, the churches. Women get excited about church. Men do not. We got to get men excited about church. And and so, uh, you know, the third part uh, of that is what happens when men get excited about Jesus. Well, the families change. Uh, you know, I've heard some statistics that if a kid gets saved, then what percentage You know, what percentage the families get saved? But when the man gets saved, the percentage is very high and uh and so you know the the do of hermon is uh, is the loveness of God's people and then you know the Lord's blessing when when the guys get excited about Jesus people's sins, heart's sins such just change yeah. and so you know so one of the things that I wanted to do was get men excited about Jesus. and uh, uh, and I and I and I do use the football model you know we have you know, we want to get together as a team. We want to get together in huddles. You know, that's what we call our discipleship groups. Uh, you know, twelve men huddles, uh, and uh, you know, and we've had, we have Bible studies every day, and we have, you know, we've launched probably sixty some huddles is, is since uh, oh about uh, um, I'd say two thousand and eight is when we started our huddle program, and then we've got a you know we've got our old pro, uh, you know, mentoring. Uh, ministry, you know, we call it the old pro and a rook, um, but you know, we want you know, we want to see men get excited about football because then you know, and, and or get excited about football, get excited about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, 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 I'm excited about both. <laughs> smart, uh, yeah, you are,
4: You talked about it, Jesus and football.
3: Yeah, and and so you know, I put a weight room, We put a weight room down in the basement of our church to get guys to
5: lift, the oh. and then oh, okay. I
3: started. I started Fight Club for the wild at heart, you know, to draw men in. You know, we were, we, you know, we were doing boxing and kickboxing and jiu-jitsu. You know, we put mats down in our basement, and you know, uh, and it was fun because guys, you know, we got a little carried away. Guys started getting hurt. So,
2: <laughs> hey, did, hey, did, did, in that thing, do you get to punch pastors and stuff? Oh, oh um, man.
3: You know what? <laughs> One of our pastors, I, I, I cannot, I, I. I Mike McCormick, he, 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 he's, uh, you know, he's at Lexington now. He's got his own church, but he was on the pastoral staff at the time. And uh, I drilled Mike accidentally harder than I should have in the sternum, and I broke his sternum. But I want to tell you what a tough guy Mike McCormick is. He <laughs> got up and preached the
4: next week, right?
3: <laughs> he preached the next week, and he didn't let him, that I broke his sternum. So, uh, uh, so yeah, we, 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 we have, we've, we've had a lot of fun. But, um, you know, the funny thing is, we're you know when we look at the model, Jesus and the twelve, Jesus and the three, Peter, James, and John, yeah. Jesus and John, we see the model, all right? So God poured, so Jesus poured in, poured in to the the disciples, and so we are wired. If we are made of God image, Jesus in his uh, humanity, uh, he needed. The brothers, you know, we, mm-hmm. we saw what happened at the garden when they kept falling asleep, and he kept praying <laughs> and then coming back three times, praying and coming back, and he was overwhelmed, and yet his bros would not stay away. Mm-hmm. We saw that. And, you know, we need guys to help and encourage one another. You know, Proverbs 17, 17 says, there's, there's a, a, a friend loves at all times, but a brother...
5: This for adversity, yep. guys you're right.
3: to walk through life. And then, you know, and then we need accountability. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. You know, I always say that you can't have the accountability without the love and friendship. You know, uh, I always say you can't have Proverbs twenty seven seventeen without Proverbs seventeen seventeen. Yeah. Uh, because I need to have earned the right. I mean, you look at uh, uh, David and Jonathan, and 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 when Jonathan was gone and, and Samuel was gone, uh, that's what David fell. You know, Stu Weber in his book Lock and Arm said if. If Jonathan hadn't died, David would never have fallen. And that's, you because know, who can hold the king into account? with someone who's entered into a covenant relationship with
2: him. No yeah. doubt. And, hey hey Tunj, I'm yeah. sorry, but we I've got to get us to a break. Um very oh, I'm sorry. I'm No, sorry. that's okay. Quick break and, and we'll get back for uh, for a short fourth segment. Uh, our special guest, Tunj Ilkin, former uh, offensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio one oh five seven FM the fan.
1: Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by How Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: All this time, all this time, you covered me.
2: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGiver alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church, our special guest, Tunch Ilkin. I've never seen you take so many notes during one of these shows. So <laughs> well, I didn't love it. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I told you. I, I knew, and 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 you did as well, that um, for us to bring a guy back on Faith in the Zone is just a true blessing. And, and Tunch Ilkin is just a man that we could sit and talk to for a long time. Yeah. Um, so last segment, very short segment. Yeah, you yeah. love talking to these okay, guys about. Yeah. Well, I got I got a couple of things. Number one,
4: being in Turkey, did you grow up playing soccer or
3: football? Up, <laughs> what's yeah, that? Actually, yeah, you know when I when my my uncles would say, "What sports do you play?" I said, "Football, football." Yeah, now, that becomes football or Turkish football. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what the Turks call football? War without death. Uh, wow, and, um, you know, but I, I grew up here. Uh, we immigrated to the states when I was uh, two and a half years old. So oh.
2: I, I grew up. playing. Chicago up boy.
4: Okay, so yeah. yeah, because a lot of guys, you're, you're seeing a lot of really good offensive linemen and things. They, they're you know, they learned how to play soccer, and they, so they have good footwork. So I, I was just kind of curious about about if that, if you played would, soccer, if that helped you. You
2: know, I read somewhere when I was doing some research on this that he was the first Turkish. Um, born a uh, football, ever to sign and play in the NFL. Wow.
4: Yeah. Hey, yeah. so So. Tunj, what, what was your highlight? We like to kind of end with that. What What was your highlight? Now, we know Jesus and football are your two, and we've really yeah. captivated on on Jesus. What What about football? What was the most exciting moment in your life in football? You
3: know, um, I didn't—you know, we got here—I got here after the Steelers had won the fourth Super Bowl, so I didn't play in a Super Bowl. But we probably uh we beat the uh, Houston Oilers Orders in eighty nine uh in the wildcard round, and they had beat us twice and that was the Jerry Granville era. And I don't know remember if you I don't know if you guys remember when Chuck went after Jerry Granville at the end of the game. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> all the cheap well we had there were so many cheap shots in in, in those games during the Jerry Granville era that they'd go after us, we'd go after them, so we're down in the house of paint. And they are just going, and House of Pain posters everywhere. And we end up beating them on a 51-yard field goal by Gary Anderson, who also loves Jesus, uh, in overtime. And I remember all the defensive linemen and linebackers were laying on the ground crying. I was standing, and I never talked trash, but I was standing there going, House of Pain, baby! House the pain! pain! House of Pain! House of Pain! House of Pain! And, uh... uh that was probably the most joyous moment I've ever had uh, uh, on a football field.
5: Ooh, Boy, no. that's yeah. Man, when, that's when, awesome. when you get
4: that win, it wasn't Jerry Glanville that, that came up with that. Uh, you know what NFL stands for? No not fun. For long <laughs> not not for long. Not for
2: long. <laughs> he used to leave like tickets for Elvis, and he was right. a, he was a right. sideshow all by himself. I think, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Man. He was. He was. He was crazy. Hey guys, I, I thank you so much. I, 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 you, I really appreciate your willingness to come on. Um, I, I really do, and and you know the toughest thing with faith in the zone at times is to find guests and find guys that'll will give us the amount of time that we need to to do this and to come up and get up on the mountaintop and and speak about their faith and speak about their journey and their testimony and and I know you're never shy about doing that, so I really appreciate the time that you've given us. I know that pastor Ken is now a big Tunge fan. Oh,
4: I am, and, and and I do like the Steelers. You know, I like La- I like watching
2: Landry Jones when he gets in there. Oh, there you go, because man, it always comes back to good old Oklahoma, doesn't it? I mean, one day we should have you sing the songs from the Broadway show Oklahoma. Oh, oh yeah, well I can do that. There, there you go, <laughs> there you go. No,
4: I am Tunge. I'm a Tunge fan, man. Thank you for sharing your testimony. That was powerful. I I, I could just keep talking to you, but Mike's going to cut me off.
2: God, he, he, well, God bless you guys for you the too. Work
3: you do and, uh, uh, and for featuring guys and uh, uh, for giving guys an opportunity to tell others about Jesus and how much they love the Lord
2: Amen Thank you so much Thanks for listening This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM The Fan
1: You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and pastor Ken Keltner You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: Was it really amazing grace? For certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.